Welcome to Cyberspin, the podcast that brings you expert insights to today's hot topics in cybersecurity, privacy, and compliance for highly regulated industries. Subscribe to Cyberspin on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. Hello, welcome back to Cyberspin, the podcast that brings you all things CMMC and more. I'm your host, Lauren Frickle. On this episode, our CMMC experts, Rob Teague and Thomas Graham of Redspin, are going to discuss a few rumors related to documentation that are spreading throughout the world of CMMC. Rob and Thomas will make sense of all the talk surrounding documentation requirements in regards to the introduction of CMMC 2.0, and they will also clarify what MSPs have to provide in terms of documentation. Rob and Thomas are here to explain the facts in order to help you, our listeners, who are most likely OSCs, avoid any current confusion, save a lot of time and energy in the long run, and overall stay in the know when it comes to CMMC certification. With that, I'd like to introduce Rob Teague, who is going to put some truth to these rumors. Hey, Rob, welcome back. Hi, everybody. Uh, Welcome back to another episode of Cyberspin. We're going to talk about documentation. Um, It was mentioned, Thomas, during the town hall just recently here in in January of 2022, that the CMMC AB pointed out that despite the removal of the practices of 997, 998, and 999, the mature, those were the maturity pieces, despite those being removed, there's a big misconception out there that 998 and 999, which was the policies and the procedures, have gone away from 2.0. The AB, said during the town hall that is not the case the maturity piece of that is kind of what uh, was stricken from it but not the documentation itself so i guess we can start thomas with you and i kind of going back and forth and talk about what they mean by maturity if we know that the policies and procedures still have to be in place so what's your take on it well first of all i just want to say nobody has ever used the words mature and me in the same sentence before so thank you for that but no you're, you're absolutely correct i mean with nist 800-171 uh, specifically in appendix e you know they they talk about documentation if you go back to nist 853 there's still documentation requirements the notion of documentation just going away is is something that for whatever reason folks started believing just because, as you mentioned, the 998-999 requirements uh, were removed. Bottom line, yes, they were removed, but they're the maturity component. So what does that mean? You still have to have the documentation, but you can literally create it the morning of, you can create it over lunch, you you can create it, you know, three years ago. It doesn't matter anymore. That, that maturity requirement has went away. The onus if you will, is now just to ensure that you have it. That That's the biggest change with it. Because, I mean, Rob, think about it. You've seen the the CMMC assessment guides that have been published and put out there on the AB's website. When you're looking at those practices, the very first category on how you're supposed to ensure something is in place and an assessor is examine. What's under that examine? It's talking about SSPs, it's talking about procedures, it's talking about policies. Really anything in that that gambit of documentation that folks could potentially have. Yeah, no, you're right. And I mean, there's, again, a lot of buzz going on LinkedIn in reference to this uh, because of Matt's comments during the AB Town Hall about the documentation and everything points back to Appendix E. And there were some folks in the Town Hall that were saying, 
show me where exactly in Appendix E it states I have to have documentation. Well, Appendix E is based right out of NIST 853. Throughout 853, it states, you know, you need the documentation. And you're right. I mean, the first thing we do as assessors, the first thing we do when we come out is look at the objective evidence. I mean, that's part of phase one, right? So if you can't tell me or show me what you're doing, you pretty much have not met the guidelines of the examined portion of the assessment, right? I know somebody could come and say, well, examine, okay, you can come in and you can look at my configuration. All right, that's that's all fine and good. You still have to have the documentation. You still have to have the document that says, here's what we're going to do. Here's the document that says how we're going to do it. And then if, you know, if you go further down the rabbit hole, more power to you. But I think really when those requirements went away, the thought process really changed to where it was more on implementation. And, and the definition of implementation is what I think has gotten a lot of folks in trouble with that impl implementing something just being a technical solution. And, and it's not when it's regarding cybersecurity. You have to have those administrative controls as well as the technical controls. It's a great point. And just so you know, all of our listeners know, when we ourselves at Redspin were going through the DIVCAC process, any policies or procedures that we had in place, we had to demonstrate the maturity of it. So it wasn't like if something was missing, we could go on a break and just update it and, and give it back to them. You know, uh, it, it had to be demonstrated and that's not the case anymore. So, you know, the, the big thing about the documentation piece, it's a rumor and I can understand how I got confused, right? If they strip out the policy and procedure practices of 998 and 999, everybody thinks, oh, it's gone. But we provisional assessors, the other C3PAOs, we know that's not the case, especially when Appendix E comes into play. You know, now that we've kind of busted, I guess, that myth, let's talk about the MSP. Uh, there's a lot of, again, talk, a lot of folks use MSPs, number one. Number two, there's a lot of talk about what do the MSPs need as far as documentation. And if an organization has an MSP, a managed service provider, do they need documentation? So let's kind of jump into that and beat that horse. It's all going into, you know, your, your phase run that, that readiness review, Rob, because let's face it, not everybody is standing all of this up in their, their wholly owned data center, you know, somewhere either out in the desert or in somebody's garage somewhere in the day and age of, of virtual meetings, podcasts you know, remote workers, you're, you're going to have some type of either MSP, CSP, or, you know, whatever the case may be. The part that folks need to really understand, and, and I know you're smiling a little bit on this, is that just because you have an MSP, just because you have a CSP, it doesn't take away from your responsibilities of ensuring that they are implementing what they say they impl are implementing correctly. And, and I'll give you an example. So when we went through ours, we utilize cloud infrastructure. So we had our own documentation. We had our own procedures, our own policies, our own artifacts and everything. But we still had to go to that MSP and say, okay, once we hand it off to you, number one, what are your procedures to, to get to the finish line? Or two, let's think about this physical security controls. If you're using an MSP or, or whatever for your data storage, how are you going to show that the physical requirements 
of CMMC are actually occurring. I mean, you, you can write the documents yourself. There's no telling whether or not it's going to be accurate, but your MSP should be able to provide that information to you. And and if, and if they can't, well, that's that's another. <laughs> That's another discussion, but it, it goes back to way back when CMMC first started. It was a notion of FedRAMP moderate or equivalent. The equivalency is honestly, to my knowledge, has never really been defined. But what they're getting at is ensuring that, that those MSPs, those CSPs, are doing their due diligence, they're doing the documentation, they're, they're doing what's required of them with regard to CMMC at, to be part of the ecosystem. You know, it, it would be nice if we can say, oh no, Red Spin said they were good, so they're good. That's the part that a lot of folks aren't understanding either, is that you still have to have that. You know, we referenced when we when we went through the DivCAC inspection, there was parts of it that we didn't know until we were getting to the final hour. Mm -hmm. and, and we had to put all that stuff together and, and get all that information. So if you can go ahead and do it now before your assessors get there, then either you can have it and you don't have to worry about it, or you can work through it with, you know, whoever your third party is. First of all, Thomas, I agree that most of the time you're crazy. The second thing, though, is you're absolutely right. You know, the rumor around this is that if I have a, ma a managed service provider, I don't need the documentation. They need to provide it on their side, right? Well, that that's just it, a rumor. You have to have your procedures of how, for example, access control, and we talked this, Thomas. What are the internal procedures for Redspin to bring in a provisional assessor and give them access um, to our enclave in the cloud, right? So we have our policy and documented procedures, and at some point it gets handed over to the cloud environment, right? And if that MSP, if we're using them in, in that facet, has to have the same thing. They have to have policies or procedures where they pick up from their end once we've handed off to them, hey, create this account. So yes, you have to have documentation on both sides. So it's Everything is clear from start to finish on how an account is created. So uh, what is the impact to our listeners in all of this? Well, Thomas, I think, yeah, I see you smiling. The impact is great. If you do not pay attention to the documentation that is required in order to get a level two certification within the CMMC 2.0, you are going to delay the process. It's going to be painful because it's not going away and you have to do it. And ultimately, the longer... It takes you to get all of that stuff together and go for your assessment. If it's delayed, you put the organization in jeopardy of being able to win that contract because other organizations are already doing everything else to prep, right? Thoughts? You're absolutely correct. I mean, what it's boiling down to, honestly, is going through and ensuring that everybody's working from the same understanding of what the requirements are. When the DOD decided to, to take out the maturity requirements, okay, you know, now we're back to NIST 800-171, but a lot of folks interpret, be honest, a lot of folks interpret NIST differently. And that's why the, the AB has continue to put forth documentation themselves, such as the assessment guide, such as 
you know, the, the other documents that they had with CMMC1, such as the CAP, and that's to provide that baseline, the, that blueprint, that understanding of what's going to be required. So, I mean, for, for anyone listening, you know, to this podcast or, you know, the NSA that's, you know, snooping on the other end, I'm just joking. What I Honestly, what I would suggest, you're going through your assessment, download the assessment guide from the AB's website, pull up the practices, make sure that when you go through those, you have proof that when it comes to the examine or the inspect or the interview, you know, whatever the case may be, you have something to satisfy, you know, those requirements. Make sure you have your documentation. Make sure that from a technical standpoint, when you're configuring something, don't just have a screenshot that you got from your IT guy. Ensure that whoever's going to be talking to that assessor knows how to navigate to it. And then three, for that interview, make sure whoever they're talking to understands the questions that are being asked because if not it's just going to cause further delays definitely definitely make sure you have that documentation great point thomas so let's recap real quick uh since we're coming towards the end of this podcast two rumors we've kind of put a control on here in the rumor control episode one documentation do you need it yes the rumor out there is you don't need it that is a rumor we just busted that Yes, I feel like need. I feel like we need a a rumor busting button or or something that like a <laughs> But yes, yeah, so rumor one busted. You definitely need documentation. Rumor number two, if I have an MSP, I don't need documentation. Boing. No, that is not correct. You need documentation for your processes and procedures as well as theirs. I know the DOD is working on reciprocity right now for the MSPs and and those folks, you know, if they're FedRAMP certified or whatever the case may be. I don't know how they're doing all of that. I'm not even going to go in and and throw out any confusion there and try and guess what they're doing. Uh, I know they are looking at it though. So that, that brought up one of your points there, Thomas. But we just busted two myths here on rumor control and what we would like to do is ask all of our listeners if you're hearing any other rumors out there or if you're unsure of something please reach out to us shoot us an email see what we can do to get it on the next podcast if it's a a great topic or a big concern we'll bring you on as a guest please let us know we'd be happy to address them here remember everything that comes out of thomas and my mouth comes straight from the cmmcab and the dod we don't try to fill in gaps we don't try to guess what they're doing and we definitely don't put our own interpretations on things going back to uh, the example of examine don't overthink it right It says right there, provisional assessors can choose from any of these different methods of things to review. And remember, it could be anywhere from one, could be anywhere from two or three of those things. It's up to the assessor. So make sure you got the documentation in place. On our next episode, we are going to be talking about the training because that's another big rumor sessions that are going on out there, right, Thomas? Do I need CCP training now? Should I take it? The exams aren't done. Uh, I'm just gonna wait until they update stuff. Nail on the head. I mean, right now there there is there is some confusion about who needs the training, who benefit from it. So uh, as you can see, this is quite an interesting topic that we're gonna cover on Rumor Control Episode Two. So if you do have anything you want to add or contribute to it, we would love to hear your responses, and we can add them into the podcast as we have that discussion. And we hope to uh, see you guys next time we talk. With that, back to you, Lauren. Okay, thanks, Rob. And that email address you mentioned is podcast at redspin.com. Again, podcast at redspin.com. 
send us a message. Let us know any rumors you've heard or any topics or ideas you'd like us to address. Our next episode, Rumor Control Part 2, will be all about CMMC training. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Cyberspin, and you can visit our website, redspin.com, to check out our other podcasts and CMMC-related content. Thanks for listening.